Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 432. This week, we have a look at Harmony of the Seas, recorded on Harmony of the Seas. That's right. We've actually got a live podcast recording as part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise. Hope you enjoy as we share our favorite things on Harmony of the Seas. Here we go. While I've been on many Royal Caribbean cruises so far this year, I'm proud to say that going back on board a Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise has been one of the major milestones for my return to cruising. And this week, we're actually recording this episode live on board the Harmony of the Seas on the 2021 Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise here on Harmony of the Seas. We're actually sitting in Dazzles on this beautiful and bright morning. And uh, joining me here on the podcast, along with our live studio audience, is Becky Menken from MEI Travel. Becky, welcome back to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Well, thank you so much. And I've got to say, I like this venue a lot better than I did the last time that was on the podcast. Which was your house. In my house. In my house. Yes. <laughs> it's good to be back. I think in general, so many of us are just happy to be back. And, you know, we've talked about group cruises in the past and what it means. And this year, I feel like there's extra meaning to it because not only is it Thanksgiving, but also because we, this is our reunion. This is our homecoming to be able to see so many faces that we've seen before, cruised with before, and some new folks um, that you know we, we haven't cruised with yet. But it's 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 like getting right back on that that bike, right? It's just it, it, it it's. I think Bruce Springsteen said it best uh, when he sang uh, uh, that song. Glory days, glory days. All I know is the lyrics. Glory days. Something about fastball. Yeah, yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> But glory, that's what it's like. It's like, you know, talking about the good times and, you know, and we're also, you know, creating new ones here. So it's really nice. uh, Group cruises are the best way to cruise too, because you get to see people, you get to meet people that you've only seen in chat rooms. You get to, you know, hang out together and share stories, especially what we've all been through the past couple of years. It's been great to see you on Zoom and in the chat rooms, but there's nothing better than seeing people in person. That's right. So today we're going to count down the top three things on Harmony of the Seas that we love. Of course, we are on Harmony of the Seas, so it makes sense to do so. And since I am a gentleman, I will allow you to begin uh, the list. Where would we like to start today? Of course, you can that one to me because now my brain is going in all directions between what we've done and what I love about this ship. So I'm going to kind of switch. Well, actually, one would fit both lists. Okay. Because one thing I love about this ship more than anything is Central Park. Mm. And just having a, a day that I just walked down into Central Park, I went to the Park Cafe, I got a coffee, I got one of those wonderful little, I can't call it an Egg McMuffin, but it kind of is one. <laughs> it's not really the Mick of the McMuffin, but Egg Muffin. Yeah. And sat on a bench and had breakfast and just watched people and looked at all the beautiful plants and forgot I was on a ship. Yeah, it's really, I love Central Park. And not only that, I mean, we're cruising here in November. And while you can't always guarantee this kind of weather in November, it's really comfortable outside. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to be outdoors. You know, you go in July, I still love Central Park, but it's a little sticky because it's humid yeah. and whatnot summer. But I do like Central Park a lot. It's a, it's a beautiful space. Uh, the Trellis Bar, the, they have the live music there in the evening, which right. is really nice. Yeah, he was doing Pink Floyd, I think, when I walked through. <laughs> like somebody on an acoustic guitar playing Pink Floyd. I, I found that very uh, interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's just a calm space. 
it's always kind of quiet there, it's relaxed, it's uh, serene. And when you're on board a ship that's this size with so many people, it's great to find a space like that. Daytime or nighttime Central Park? Yes. No, you have to pick one. <laughs> nighttime. Nighttime. I, I would say nighttime. That was the right answer. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> so afraid of that. I love Central Park at night also. It's beautiful, there's great restaurant, great restaurants and dining, and it's... Uh, yeah, I, I like that space quite the a bit. Lights, uh, the lights, you get just enough of a breeze through there to be comfortable, but not you know too bad. Yeah. And, and like you said, picking this time of year is a great time to sail because, as we all know, Florida and the Caribbean in the middle of, uh, outside of these shoulder seasons can be very humid and yep. feel gross. And the last thing you want to do is get dressed up in heels and pantyhose and be in 105% humidity. So... I like this time of season for, for this. And yeah, Central I, Park's a great place to hang out. I think the same thing about the pantyhose and high heels. <laughs> such a hassle. I'm waiting for the time when you really dress up. <laughs> you haven't really proven that you can really dress to so. the nines. And when I see you in a beaded gown, then we'll have a conversation. Okay. Um, for me, on that note, we'll move on to my list. And uh, my first option, I thought about food naturally, Izumi Hibachi. Yes. Love Izumi. Love Hibachi. It is a, it's one of my favorite things to, to go and eat on board the ship. They do a great job with it. It's I, I can go almost every night of the cruise, and it's always satisfying. It's just one of those foods that just tastes so darn good, and I love Izumi Hibachi. So I put that for uh, my number one because I just think that it is such a uh, great, consistent meal, and it's good, and it's flavorful, and you can change it up. Unlike uh, perhaps in some other places, like if you go to Chops, which I love, you know, you have, it's, it's obviously a lot of steak there. If you go to, um, you know, any of the restaurants, it's kind of a, the, you're, you're generally going in one direction, but it's uh, at Hibachi, you have different choices. You can go with the steak, you can go with the chicken, you can go with the lobster, you can go with the scallops, um, you know, you do veggies only, um, the fried rice. Every time we go there and be like, I'm only going to do one order of fried rice. And then of course, you know, the chef's like, Hey, we have some extras. And then it's like. You know, it's a real shame to see that go down the drain or in the windjammer for somebody else to eat later, right? So <laughs> the, the fried rice is when you sit down and they start this. Okay, we're start the fried rice, and the first thing I do is slap down that garlic, mm. and you smell the garlic. Yeah, and then you have to eat more. Of it's the like going to it's like going to a movie theater. You're going to movie theater. We're not getting popcorn. We're just going to go in there. We're just going to go straight in, maybe a bottle of water, and that's it. Yeah. And then you you smell the butter, and then you're like. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it's like eating uh, potato chips. You can't just have one bowl of fried rice. You have to have two or three. Yeah. If you can handle it after all the rest of the food they throw at you. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of food. It's great portions. And like you said, it's a lot of choice. So you can yeah. do. I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of the samurai there. So right. I like the steak and, and shrimp. But I think my eyes are bigger than my stomach when it comes yeah. to that. And it really is good. Well, it's like you, I can always spot people who are, I should say always, but... Generally speaking, a lot of people who are new to hibachi will come in. They're like, oh, I can get a roll of sushi or something like that. I'm like, good luck eating that and the rest of the meal that's coming there. But I think the gentleman across the way had ordered a roll and realized that he was in trouble and started passing the roll on to the rest of us. Yes. Uh, and I think that's one of the things I like about the restaurant, too, is that it's communal. You get to meet other people on the cruise. So if you're a solo cruiser, that's a great place to go to dinner because you're going to meet other folks and talk yep. about the experience. Number two, Becky, what do you got? Um, things that I've done? Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to dog sit Becca. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite things I've done on this cruise so far. Um, I know you're going to give me an extra one for that, but there's nothing like having a little puppy time. And I appreciate that. That was really fun. Um, some of our, our cruisers with us have a service dog on board, and uh, they weren't able to take her on a short excursion. So I have a lot of pictures of Becca in my cabin. Uh, which I will be sharing because I let Becca out on the bed. I let Becca on this on the couch. That, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to get me in trouble later on. I know it, but that was fun. Sorry, uh, I'll just forward them right to security, and uh, thank you. They'll take care of it. I'm sure they'll post that. it right on their wall. It'll be really nice. <laughs> the all right. So I'm I'm going to say something very abstract and just say Thanksgiving, um, because I have never sailed on an actual holiday before or after a holiday for major like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And at first it was like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm gonna, I'll miss the traditions. I might miss out on not seeing the parade and that type of thing. But in all honesty, I love this because I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to clean, I didn't have to argue with anybody about who's going to whose house. Um, and I was able to have a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner with my friends. And uh, I think that uh, sailing during a holiday is a great idea, especially for a multi-generational family yeah. or a group like ours that wants to have all their friends together. Um, I wouldn't discount it now. I think it's a, it's a great time to cruise. Yeah, Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving for, for cruising in general. I also love Becca, but mostly the Thanksgiving as well. And uh it's a great holiday to sail. Number one, it's usually very inexpensive. A lot of people think that, oh, holiday travel, it must be crazy expensive to go on a cruise. And actually, not only is it usually cheap, it, the price tends to also drop as you get closer to the sail date. I think a number of folks who were on this group cruise uh, had to find ways to spend their onboard credit, that, uh, which is a good problem to have, certainly. So it's nice having that extra thing. But that's just a, that's more that it's just the product, if you will, of Thanksgiving. It's, just, it's an odd time because I think a lot of people are you know, going, a lot of people celebrate holidays at home on Thanksgiving, and then Christmas they get out of town, right? Right. And that's a big travel holiday. Thanksgiving is too, but people don't necessarily think, oh, let's get away for Thanksgiving. They think, let's go spend time with the family. But, you know, you come on here and you spend time with the family, and it's really nice because you bring the whole family here. We're talking about, this, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, zero cleanup on our part. Right. Uh, you know, it, there, there was no preparation time required. It's... It's the best of everything. So I love Thanksgiving on a cruise. It's, yeah. it's really and, nice. And now I'm, I'm kind of uh, thinking that this may could become a tradition because I'm kind of liking it. Uh, the other thing, too, that I would say, this was an unusual year because they increased capacity very quickly. So the rates did go down. Typically, a holiday sailing, if you're thinking about doing it, grab it when it first releases because you're going to get the lowest possible price. And if it does happen to go down, you can adjust the price and let it and you have it. But the, the best um, strategy is to grab it as soon as it releases. I think many of us finish, I know podcasts people can't see this, but show of hands, who booked this cruise like when we announced it back in whenever it was? Yeah, so that's about half booked it, which is what I did too. And I just, you know, I looked at the invoice from way back then. I was like, wow, okay, that's a great price it on it. It was a really good price. Yeah, so it works out. Uh, for my number two, I have, uh, I love the entertainment on board. I'm going to say Grease uh, with a shout out to the show we didn't actually get to see on this particular sailing, but Columbus the Musical. I think it's a really good production on here. Um, my wife was talking about this, and, and I think I agree with her, is that you not only are there Broadway shows on here, right, but the caliber of the cast is truly impressive considering that this is a cruise ship. This isn't, I mean... Royal Caribbean's done a lot to elevate the status of, I think, of, of cruise ship entertainment, that it's not this, like, 
one step above the guy who's serving you pizza at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, it's like, you know, people kind of look down like, oh, you're, ser- you're on a cruise ship. But there, there is a really high talent level that you find on here. And so it's one thing to have Grease, a wonderful Broadway show, a classic show, in fact, but to also have f- folks that can perform at a high level and really do the show justice. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. And, of course, my favorite, Columbus the Musical, which I really, really... I'm, I was... Truly disappointed that it was not available on here. Uh, you were talking about how they're scaling up. You know, when they were sailing with two thousand some odd passengers, you know, having two full production shows didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They're practicing it now. In fact, we could see the fine line being practiced in the opera theater right. constantly. So they're going to be doing that very, very soon. Um, I understand it. I'm disappointed because it was our favorite show. We we're really looking forward to seeing it. But um, still, the entertainment on on Harmony is really, really nice, and um, it's it's a, it's a must see. Uh, in fact, I had. Never seen the production show. I only seen actually some of the part of the movie. But it, there's a there's what? a I know. Do you want, wait 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 wait. Stop for a second. You've only seen part of the movie Grease. Yeah, I would see the part really? where he's at, where he's on the track and he's like trying to impress his friends, but he's trying to talk to what's her name and what track. <laughs> on, 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 when they're in high school. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> so now I know what we're giving you for Christmas. You're going. To well, I saw the show now. Now I understand the whole show on on the production stage, but. <laughs> It's a good one. And it's free or complimentary, right? right? That's a big deal. It is. And especially because they are the Broadway level of production. And one thing I really do appreciate when they do bring these on board, they do the entire show. They're not just piecemealing it down to 30 minutes and trying to decide what to cut out or not. They commit to being able to do the entire um, act, which I completely appreciate. Uh, I would say entertainment would have been my third now, so I'm going to have to come up with something else. But... Not just from the Broadway productions, because I have an immense appreciation for everything that they have to do in a small space to pull off those productions. But on board, we also have classic comedy. We have um, ice skating shows on a moving ship. Uh, and then, of course, the aqua theater shows as well, which I love the, the location of our staterooms because you can watch the show whenever it goes on. Uh, but that's, it's really cool that there's such a variety. So if you don't really like Broadway, and I don't know who that is, but I'm sure somebody is going to say that's me, maybe you for not watching Grease. <laughs> um, but the, uh, you've got a comedy show, or you've got a headliner to go see, or you can go listen to the pub singer. I mean, there's something for everybody on board the ship. There's a pub singer on board? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I keep hearing that there's... There's some kind of um, song that you keep requesting and they keep ignoring you, and I'm not sure why. Right. It doesn't really, really yeah. ring a bell, but yeah. maybe, yeah. Maybe tonight. Yeah, you know, no, first time for everything. <laughs> uh, so we're at, wait, was that my, t- that was my two, year two, so we're up to three now, right? Yeah, well, this is the third. And now this I, the third. Now I'm Because uh, that was, entertainment was going to be my third, so now I've got to be creative. Because um, I've done so much... And you already took hibachi from me, but Azumi, I will say, is probably my f- my favorite dining venue on board for me personally. Yep. Um, I've kind of fallen in love with sushi, and I never thought I would. Somebody gave me this wonderful idea, because I don't like seaweed. Seaweed's not a, a thing for me. So I've always said, mm, I'm never going to like sushi. And then uh, it was Chef Travis, actually, when we were together, said, why don't you try soy paper? And now all I want is sushi. I want all the sushi all the time. Um, so my experience of, of being able to sit and have a wonderful sushi dinner with my husband who loves sushi and I would always say, no, no, because I hate it so much. Now we can actually have a great dinner. It's great. But more so than that, 
is the mochi ice cream. I'm, I'm still <laughs> addicted to mochi ice cream. But on an overall um, arching food-related note, again, it's the variety, how big the ship is. Uh, you don't feel it in terms of people, unless you're at the elevator. That's the only place that I feel it. Yeah. Um, but there's so many little nooks and crannies and places to hide, but there's also great food options for any palate. If you just want to go in the, in the main dining room, you don't have to pay anything extra. You can have a great meal every day, or you can just grab chips and dip. You can um, you know, go to 150 uh, Central Park, which you had dinner there. So there's a lot of variety, a lot of great options for anybody, pretty yeah. much. Well, I think you, I think your number three dovetails into mine, which is just, I like the uh, the the wide spaces on Harmony. We were just on both of us were just on Odyssey of the Seas, yeah. and I was, you know, one of the things I was wondering about was, you know, what is my is Odyssey my new favorite Royal Caribbean ship or not? And having gone on Odyssey last week and Harmony this week, I still think Harmony is in the number one Ooh, spot okay. because what I mean, there's many reasons, but number one, I love how much the, the wide spaces really make a big difference, like the Royal Promenade as an example. There's less running into other people, if you were not running into people, you know what I mean? It just, it flows better. And I love the fact how wide that is, we're talking about Central Park and the, the wide spaces there. It just, you know, it it's obviously one of the largest cruise ships in the world and just distributes um, space quite a bit. And I love Odyssey because they did so many great things on there and I really like the features of it. Certainly. Playmakers is a space I miss on board. Great idea. Uh, you know, but, you know, it, it just, and I think their pool deck is probably, I like their pool deck look better on Odyssey um, because I like that that resort style Caribbean influenced uh, lime and coconut. Right. But at least here, there's just, again, more space because you have that double wide, essentially, approach to it all. So there's just more like open space, which is what I really like. And so I think. For that reason, I'm, I'm going to put my number three, the wide open spaces you have here on Harmony because of all that. You know, we talked about you know, the nook and crannies and all these other places, but that's only possible because you have so much, so much real estate. Yeah, And I'll agree with you on that. The The Royal Promenade especially, it feels like it's a four-lane highway instead of a, a one-way where you're trying to point, yeah. you know avoid each other as you're, as you're walking in opposite directions. So there's the benefit of having such a huge space and a huge ship is that you do have more places to put the 5,700 people when it's at capacity. Um, I think ours right now is like 4,100 or, or so. Uh, and I I can't help myself but, but feel kind of sorry that we're not back at 30%, 40% capacity, but we will learn to move forward and, and enjoy our cruises again. Uh, but this is a great ship to do that on because of all of the space that's available. Oh yeah, no, it's wonderful. You know, you, I was, you know, it's also a little thing sometimes you know, we, we were taking photos of the kids and usually on most ships, we like the white background for the kids where you have that, you know, that nice, just white background with their, so the, the, the kids pop more right. off the background as opposed to the, you know, Titanic background or one of those other Titanic. ones. <laughs> um, but on Harmony, they have it every single day because they have an extra spot for it. Whereas on other ships, it's a rotating background. That's a very, very, very minor uh, detail, but that's like a microcosm of the larger scale of just 
you've got more space to do everything so they can do more things. Right. It's not just that, though. Because there's more venues, it's also more variety of things that they can do on board. So there's more activities for families. There's more activities for adults. There's uh, just, a, a, again, a bigger variety. So this is an awesome choice for that multi-gen uh, family who wants to bring grandma and grandpa and the kids and, and everybody can have a great time. Well, we're having a great time on Harmony, and uh, we, we're actually coming back on Harmony for another group cruise, are we not? No. Yeah. Next, ah. next, uh, next December. Next December, right. Yeah, but not before that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We have another group cruise in July mm -hmm. on Mariner of the Seas, Eight Nighters. So there's opportunity to come join us for these group cruises. They're a lot of fun, and I, that's a, I say that every single time, but it really is – you have to be here to – understand it and to appreciate it and enjoy it mm -hmm. and, and I hope that everybody gets a chance to try it out themselves because it's, uh, it's a lot of fun but I would be remiss also if I didn't say thank you Becky for the hard work this one was they're always hard work on all these group cruises but this was like extra it's like the Oreo stuffing of of extra stuffing the double stuff uh, of, of effort because there was just so many questions so many unknowns so many changes. Lots of logistics. Due Lots to of logistics. Yeah. But we did do one thing. I'm going to throw this out as my 3A. Um, having that morning at Perfect Storm. And this yep. is one of the great things about coming on one of the group cruises is that we do activities together that is specifically and exclusively only for our group. And this one we chose to have the Perfect Storm water slides just for our group. No lines. Yep. And... Every time we do a group cruise, we'll always look for something like that that's specific and exclusive only for the people who are with us. Fantastic. Becky, thank you again for joining us here on the Harmony of the Seas on our Royal Queen blog group cruise. Thank you. Thank you. All right, time to answer your listener emails. We're, again, recording this on board the Harmony of the Seas, and we have celebrity narrator readers today. I guess if you can guess who the celebrity is on board reading these emails. Your best guess is in the comments for this one. So let's start with our first email, celebrity reader number one. Um, so our first question is from Erica. She says, hi Matt, love your podcast. My Thank you. family is sailing December 1st on Adventure of the Seas and I've learned so much by listening to your shows every day. We have two daughters, 13 and 11, and are hoping that they'll be able to stay together in the kids club. We know that the age breakdowns are 9, 11, and 12 and up, but we're curious as to how strict this is. They might as well be twins. They're attached at the hip and would prefer to stay together. Thanks for all you do. Erica, thanks for the email. And actually, our, our celebrity reader probably knows the answer better than I do. When it comes to the age brackets, you have a little bit of leeway when it comes to the younger groups, uh, explorers, aquanauts, and voyagers. But the teen club is pretty much a hard cap there. You can ask, sometimes they'll give a kind of a trial basis for uh, either younger kids moving up or older kids moving back down within a year. I've seen this happen quite a bit, but it's up to the counselors to say yes or no. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, I remember this with my kids, they would age up technically, but they would still be a little leery of it. They have a cousin or a friend who's on board and wants to do it. so. Um, the answer is you can ask, and that's not a bad idea, but you should be prepared for the answer to be no because technically that's the rule, and depending on how many kids they got and a variety of other factors, that can all factor in there. So, there you go. All right, next question. So, this message comes from Chris. It says, Hey Matt, we have an eight night cruise on Explorer of the Seas booked for August 20th, 2022. We're super stoked since this will be our first one since sailings resumed. We even got most of our family to come along with us, but with a catch. My mom does not fly, so I was volunteered to drive her a round trip from San Diego, California to Miami. <sighs> Wish wow. 
Anyways, rabbit ears on our on our itinerary, and I haven't heard too much about it as of late. I think they've even swapped out Labadee for Coco K on recent sailings. But I'm curious to know what you think our chances are for Labadee to get switched out for Coco K, even as far out as our cruise is. Labadee is great, but if there's an opportunity to go to Coco K instead, I would not complain at all, as it would be my first ever first time ever going. Do you know of any reason why Labadee hasn't opened yet? Hope all is well. Thanks. Thank you, Chris, for the email. And the answer to your question is essentially there's no official answer. You're right. Labadee has been replaced and, and changed quite a bit. Um, they have, Royal Caribbean has not gone back to Labadee since the restart. And they've, Royal Caribbean, in some of the emails they've sent out as to why your agenda is being changed, alludes to some of the political issues there, which is very much a uh, just, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg as it, as it pertains to that. Labadee, unfortunately, is dealing with a lot of issues. There's, there's political issues, there's COVID issues, there's social unrest going on over there. Um, so bottom line is, we don't know yet when Rogan will return to Labadee. Uh, it's, it's anyone's guess, quite frankly. I think right now there's, I, I would say at the very least, you're not looking at until 2022. It's not saying much as we're here in basically December, but the, the chances of going to lack Labadee are just not very good right now. I think things can change at any moment. The good news for Labadee is that it's, it's in a very remote area of Haiti. So a lot of times you see the news and you're seeing Port-au-Prince, it's nowhere near there. It's, it's miles and miles and miles away from any kind of um, uh, populated area. So I would just say that if you've got a cruise that's scheduled to go to Labadee in the next couple of months, there's a pretty low chance you're gonna go, I would imagine. But at some point, they got to go back because it's their island. They do like it. Uh, there's clearly a desire to, to, to uh, upgrade some of the facilities there. Just the for right now, the timing isn't right. So, yeah, don't plan on going to Labadee, but uh, something to think about on your, like, five-day drive from San Diego. Good luck, bro. Our next question comes from Robbie. Matt, thank you for taking the time to help all of us out on our cruises. Our group is six vaccinated adults. And we are going on a seven-night cruise aboard Liberty out of Galveston, December 12th. Our ports are Cozumel, Roatan, and Casamaya, and I've not been able to find mass requirements at these ports. I know you've touched on Cozumel back in late summer episode, mass required at the port, I believe, but I was curious on the other ports. Thank you for all your help. Robbie, thanks for the email, and the answer is Mexico, every country has its own rules. Mexico's rules are you have to wear your mask even outdoors, which is really unfortunate for a variety of reasons because wearing your mask outdoors is tough, especially in the humidity that is Mexico usually. Um, and, and all the times we've been to either Cozumel or Costa Maya, they have basically, the rule has basically been you wear your mask while you're outdoors until you get to wherever you're going, usually the beach, and then at that point the vendor, the beach area, allows you to take your mask off. Obviously, the mask rules can change at any time. They have changed it. Every time I remember when we went on an adventure of the seas to Cozumel, uh, we could do whatever we wanted with the kids. We could, in terms of like picking a tour, and the rules were very much different than they are today. And I imagine it'll be very different even by the time you go on your cruise, Robbie, in uh, maybe December or so. Um, but every country has its own rules. Some are very are much more strict about it. Some are less strict about it in terms of where you have to wear it. But generally speaking, you should plan on. I think for most. Um, uh, for Mexico, especially, you're going to be wearing your mask outdoors. I would recommend getting those disposable masks. They're a lot easier to breathe in when you're outdoors than the cloth masks. Um, and that might be a way around it. But, you know, certainly the vendor might be able to give you a little bit of leeway. As we all know, you know, masks don't really work if they get wet. So when you're, you know, at the beach or at the pool, 
you know, obviously you're not going to be wearing it over there. So it depends on what your, your trip is going to entail. But the short answer is it's hard to give you an answer for your cruise Robbie in December versus any other time it could change. But my experience has been you have to wear them while you're, you know, in taxis and when you're outside in the port area. And then uh, when you get to where you're going, generally they've, they've said you can take your mask off there. But that, of course, depends on the tour you're doing. So This next question comes from Megan. Hi, Matt. Thanks for all your awesome information. We love cruising as a family and are taking our kids, six and eight, on Indy this December during our winter break. We just got them vaccinated. When do you think RZ will update their protocol accordingly? Keep all the awesome information coming. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Uh, That's a question of the year right now, which is the vaccination rules and will they change? Will they get updated? You know, we were on Odyssey of the Seas a week or two ago and Royal Caribbean's executives we're talking directly about this, and they 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 kind of dance around the issue. But my reading of the tea leaves was, I don't think they're going to change the vaccination rules one way or another. I don't think they're going to mandate kids getting vaccinated, and I don't think they're going to roll back the vaccination mandates anytime soon. Could that change? Of course. Uh, Disney Cruise Line just announced that they're going to require the the mandate for kids to be vaccinated, which was a real surprise to me. Um, Disney and Royal have been kind of working running in tandem in terms of their approach to. Um, the vaccine requirements because they both want to make sure kids can be on board the ship. And Disney's a little bit different in the sense that the cruise line business is a very small segment of what they're doing and as proven during the restart they really don't mind sitting on the sidelines and taking a bigger loss I guess and while they wait for things to rapidly improve if you will. Um, it, it's hard to know what Disney's thinking in that regard but based on what Richard Fain and Michael Bailey said it just seemed like essentially if you leave everything the way it is right now, and let's remember these are the protocols that got relatively back up and running, and has largely been effective in the sense that they've not had you know widespread cases, blah, 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 blah. Um, if you take what we have right now, and you just assume you know 30% of kids will get vaccinated, that moves their numbers up now to be essentially in the ballpark about 95% are better vaccinated on board the ship, which is a which is a big deal. Once you hit that 95 number, you know, it, it's a major threshold within the CDC, which is going to be less of an issue because the conditional sale order is going to go away. But it, it just—it's almost like they don't have to. It's not like we're dealing with like fifty percent vaccinated, and it's like, oh gosh, we got to get to a higher number. I think they're just looking at this as an added bonus, if you will. All that being said, I have heard many times real companies that could just say one thing. Fast forward a month or two later, and the world changes. Right? A new variant, change of policy. Who knows? All it takes is one bad incident and the whole industry has to respond accordingly. So if things were to continue as they are kind of right now and nothing, not another major Delta variant or anything like that, I don't see it changing. Um, you know, it's it's just the, the, the advantage you might have though for kids getting vaccinated from a purely, I guess, selfish standpoint is that you can do more excursions. You know, on this particular cruise on Harmony, my kids are not vaccinated, fully vaccinated yet. So we're limited to Royal Caribbean excursions in places like St. Kitts. But when we go in December on Navigator of the Seas, they'll be fully vaccinated. And then we can do whatever we want in short excursions. That's a really big deal because in some ports, there are very, very few excursions through the cruise line to do. So you might consider from that standpoint. But if you're, my crystal ball says right now, based on what I've heard two weeks ago, I, they're not going to change the mandate on that. So that's my best take on it. Matt, love your podcast and all the information you provide. We have veteran cruisers with approximately 16 plus cruises and all all on Royal. I have a question. Often while on a cruise, we see the suggested dress as white knight or red knight. 
How do you find out prior to boarding the ship for tracking purposes? Thanks, Deb. Deb, thanks for the email. And you know what's interesting about that? This, I get this question for years and years and years. And the answer is the cruise line won't tell you this. They don't publish entertainment ahead of time. The app is a little bit now a game changer in that, in the sense that leading up to your cruise about, well, it depends. It could, I would say four to six weeks ahead of time, you can see the entertainment. But like on our sailing, I think we got it like a couple days before the sailing. So you can check the app, certainly. By the time you're packing, unless you really, really pack in advance, you should have enough time to figure out some basic events. But my tried and true advice is to look at a past cruise compass um, for your sailing. So yes, this is self-serving. I have an archive of past cruise compasses at royalgreenblog.com. But find the ship that you're sailing on, find a similar itinerary. They don't change it up all that much. They're not gonna, the, event, the activity staff does not say, hey, we just did a great thing. We're gonna do it all differently next week. They just copy and paste in a lot of cases. So I would say look at a past cruise compass, get an idea of what's been offered on those particular sailings, and then check the app, uh, like I said, about three or five days before your cruise and see if anything is in there. Keeping in mind, by the way, the app is not always 100% of what you're gonna see, especially leading up to the cruise in terms of activity. So there you go. Thank you for everyone checking us out today. And of course, if you wanna send me your emails, you can do so by sending them to matt at royalgreenblog.com. And so until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.